Hello everyone, this is Winner again and it's time for my week with God. It's our weekly appointment where I share how I've experienced God's grace and how he has appeared in the lives of those around me. Two Sundays ago, parts of the world celebrated Mother's Day. We woke up to heartfelt messages, breakfast in bed, cakes, chocolates and other gifts from our children and members of our extended families and friends. Mothers were made to feel very special. Father's Day is coming soon and fathers will be celebrated at that time. Although I think that mothers are showered with more gifts than fathers will. As I reflected on parenthood in this week, two people within my extended family stood out as true legends in an embodiment of great parenthood. My aunt, my mom's sister, turned 94 about a month ago. In all the years that I have known my guru, or granny as we affectionately call her, she's always been a stern, strict, but very loving mother, whose conversation with you always ended with some Christian teaching or warning. For as far back as I can remember, my guru always prayed for you, and she would pray for all her children by name, including nieces, nephews, and their children too. How she even remembers everyone is truly amazing because they are like millions of us. Her message to us was always about an upright character and love for the family as well as the love for the things of God. The second person I thought about is my Uncle Moses, my dad's sister's husband. Babam Kuri, as I would call him, passed away in the first week of May. He was 95 years old. A true gentleman, very gentle voice, and always dressed to the nines. We knew Babam Kuru to be a teacher. He always had his Bible and Bible study workbook close to him. Those that attended church with him would testify that he was indeed a teacher of the word, grounded in the faith and respected for his wisdom and knowledge. Both my uncle and my aunt raised great men and women. As I look at my cousins in both families, I'm reminded of Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, which says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. My cousins, and indeed the rest of us from the extended family, pass through the hands of my aunt and my uncle, and each one of us will testify that more than anything, our interactions with them was the conversation centered on God's word and how we had to live out a life that pleases God. Great are the lessons that we learned, and these we are passing on to our children and them to theirs. It's not that we have not strayed. We have had our fair share of backsliding, but the lessons will always ring in our minds and will be brought back to remembrance and straight back to the life that we were taught. The word of God in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. As children of all ages, we are being called to obey our parents as it is the right thing to do. The great lessons of our parents are meant to mold us into good brethren and even better examples for our children. It was heartwarming to Listen to the words delivered by my uncle's granddaughter at his funeral. In all the beautiful memories, 
she mentioned how through the years from her kindergarten days to the 20 years they lived with their grandfather, how Sabbath mornings were characterized by music that prepared the family for church and for the day ahead. She noted that Sekul was a natural turner and they would sing along as they prepared for church. With my guru, her birthday was celebrated on a Zoom session when families scattered across the world called in to wish her well. The session had three generations present and the call was all about biblical lessons that my guru had taught with hymns sung in between and a prayer said here and there. For their effort and hard work in bringing their children to the third generation, the word of God in Ephesians 6, uh, verse 2 to 3, gives this command. Honor your mother and your father, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Both my aunt and my uncle were honored by their family members in the great stories they told of their lives. But the greatest honor has been what I've witnessed in the lives of their children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Their conduct and the importance they have placed in the issues of the faith and passing them on to the next generation is testament of parents who stood firm and instilled this in their descendants. No families are perfect. But even in their imperfection, a return to the trainings of the parents sets the family members back on track. Once trained in the way of the Lord, the path will be easy to find and to return to. Every parent's prayer is that their children in the generations to come will be a people of the faith. Prayer sessions at prayer band and other prayer meetings are littered with parents crying out for errant children or family members whose faith has grown cold. Joel chapter 1 verse 3 says, Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children and their children another generation. We are being called upon to emulate what my Guru and Baba Mkuri have done, and that is to pass on the word and good teaching from generation to generation. It is our duty. I cherish the teachings of my aunt and look forward to my visits to her or conversations on the phone. Even at my age, she has a lesson to teach and she'll always pray for me. I celebrate my uncle's life and even as he rests and waits for our Lord's coming, I pray that I prevail so I can meet with him on that glorious day. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this time of fellowship. We thank you, dear Lord, for the many ways in which you touch our lives. We thank you, Father, for the life of my aunt and my uncle and the great burden you placed upon their hearts to teach the families in your ways. May we hold these lessons dearly and pass them on to our own children. How glorious it will be, Father, that when Jesus returns to take us home, that we be there with all our family members. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Paul applauds Timothy's faith, 
that was instilled in him and demonstrated by his grandmother Louise and his mother Eunice. May this too be our heritage that is passed on from one generation to the next. Let this be the honor we bestow upon our parents and ultimately on you, our Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends and family, as we go about our business this week, let us remember the role we have to play in our lineage and to take on this responsibility in honor of our parents and in honor of our Lord Jesus Christ. Till we meet next week, be blessed, stay safe, and goodbye. Hello, this is Winnie, and welcome to My Week with God. The Lord is wonderful and appears in my life and that of my friends and my family. We thank Him for this channel and the opportunity to share these experiences and to encourage each other on this journey of faith. It is not a secret that we are living in a very challenging time. The news on every channel depicts a world in trouble. Health systems, education, sports and recreation, worship centers, all these have been disrupted. In fact, economies, even those of traditionally strong countries, are so shaken. All we hear is doom and gloom. It's amazing how a small little virus has caused such havoc and mayhem, disrupted lives, crushed currencies, closed schools and churches, sports fields and gyms, hotels and restaurants, airlines and trains. In essence, life as we knew it changed overnight. What a load to carry. I found this week a bit tough going and I engaged my best mate in a conversation where I could pour out and share my fears and anxieties. As we discussed the challenges we are facing, we concluded that God could not have brought us to this place so that he could drop us now. I was a little encouraged in this. I sat alone later that evening. I defaulted to my place of comfort. I played some music. One song ministered to me and I will share it with you and highlight some of the lyrics and how these touched me and reminded me of God's promises. The very first line says, I found you in the middle of my mess. You had been there all along. I was reminded of Psalm 46 verse 1 which says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is always there. Even when we forget him, when we overlook him, or when we don't acknowledge him, he is there. Even in the darkest of our moments, when we are neck high in trouble, he's a gentleman. He'll just be waiting there, ready to welcome us and to help us. And have you noticed how frantic and desperate we get when we are overwhelmed by situations outside our control? We are gripped with fear. We believe the end has come. We are brought to our knees or to a place where we are forced to surrender. 
And at this point, my song then says, The lies I once believed, they crumble at the weight of your truth. And the fear that gripped my heart is arrested so that I can see you. At that point of surrender, we look upwards to our maker because we have no other choice really. What we then see is that the truth of God in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has given us a, has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What have we to fear if God has given us a sound mind to be able to reason out things and make rational decisions? When we have been given power to endure and love to sustain us. Really? What have we to fear? The devil wants us to believe that we are defeated. Those are his lies and the fear he wants us to be paralyzed with. As we begin to see that God is with us and that we need not fear, we begin to see a glimmer of hope. Sometimes the hope is not clearly defined, but we know that it is there. We can't quite piece the puzzle together, but we trust and believe that God will help us. My song then says to me, When I only see in part, I will prophesy your promise. I believe you, God. Indeed, sometimes we can only conceive part of what God has in store for us. Sometimes the grand picture is so grand we cannot fathom it. We even doubt it. It seems far-fetched. We think it's not possible. Or we think we don't deserve it. But God was so explicit and definitive in his promise. And I can understand why we don't get it sometimes. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 puts it so well and says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Let me tell you, if we are dreaming of two things, God can do ten of those things. We can dream wildly, but God will do above and beyond that. We must just believe that he is capable. We mustn't limit God. The troubles we have now will seem so minuscule when we put them against what we can imagine to be the best case scenario. God can do exceedingly above that. And once again, the lies we once believed do crumble at the weight of God's truth. God commanded us that we walk by faith and not by sight. This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Even when we can't see it or visualize it or conceptualize it, we must believe and have faith anyway. Because the one who can do it will make it manifest. The song goes further on to say, You set a table in the middle of my wall. You knew the outcome of it all. When what I faced looked like it would never end, you said, watch the giants fall. 
Imagine being in the middle of your challenges, your challenges of reduced earnings, threats of retrenchment, the threat of your business crumbling, no rent, no school fees, no food. And God is telling you to sit at a table and eat. He's telling you to relax. He's telling you to take a chill pill. Believe me, as Psalms 107 verse 29 says, He calms the storm so that its waves are still. God is gracious and He will calm the storms of your life and will allow you peace so that that sound mind and that power and that love He promised us may be made manifest. The greatest promise in the song says, Because you finish what you start, I will trust you with the process. I believe you, God. What a wonderful promise and reassurance that God completes all his projects. He says so in Philippians 1 verse 6, where the word says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So whatever it is that God has brought you to, he will see you through it. He doesn't do half jobs. His promises hold true and fast. Just trust him with the process and just be still. If you have economic challenges, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 God promises that the plans that he has for our lives are that we may prosper and that we may have hope and that we may have a future. So we shall have enough for today and even for the future. And all this will be lived in prosperity. If we have relationship challenges, Colossians 3 verse 14 commands us, but above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfection. With love in our hearts, we are more patient, more tolerant, more considerate, more attentive, more forgiving, more caring. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, may your name be praised. Even in this global crisis, you have brought us this far and we are still standing. We thank you, Lord, that you have been hard at work, moving things in our favor. We do not lack anything. We do face difficulties and our faith is challenged. We do get to a point where we question if you're still there and why you let bad things happen. But we know that these are whisperings of the evil one. Because your word in Romans chapter 8 tells us that nothing will separate us from the love of God. Not tribulation, not distress, not peril or famine. Not even this global pandemic will separate us from your love or derail the good work you have started in us. Grant us peace, dear God, that we may remain of a sound mind, of power and of love and see the great work you are doing in us to its completion. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Storms will come and go. 
even this pandemic and the tsunami it has caused will pass. In all this, God finishes his project. And whatever project he is working in your life, rest assured it is on course. And you will finish it in good time. Until next week, may God keep you in perfect peace. Goodbye.